It, it, what is this guy doing with teenage penises? You know, you don't have to get the skin cut off your dick. Kevin Mitchell's not dead. Four times is a lot of times to have sex when you're married. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Very, very excited that you are here for episode 239 of the program. Um, as always, I, I let you know how you can reach out. Now, I don't always do it, but one of our listeners, someone that's called before, someone I know from Twitter, drunged, drunk, tweeted me, hey, what's the phone number? Of course, the phone number is 949-464-TBLS. And then I just, so I typed that into a tweet. I said, hey, it's 949-464-TBLS. And then he, um, then he responded, D-O-N space T work. I think he meant doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, maybe I don't know the phone number. So then I was just sitting there at my, and so I dialed it and then it did work. It does work. 949-464-TBLS. That's the voicemail line. A lot of action there these days. If you're new to the show, if you have thoughts on the show, if you would like to comment, please do it there. Be brief though. Okay? Be brief. I don't want to be a dick. Uh, also, email is also a great way to get a hold of us. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. And of course, a lot of action on the Facebook page and Facebook group all the time. Facebook or the Baller Lifestyle Podcast on Facebook iTunes. I haven't checked the reviews. I wonder if anybody's trolled me with any shitty reviews lately. Um, iTunes, go there, rate and review the show. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash the baller lifestyle. I was thinking maybe we should start doing picks again. Patreon picks. Do we only do that in the playoffs, Ed? Uh, oh, wait, joining me now. Sorry. Hold on. I don't <laughs> want to break format. Join, joining me now, Hoboken Zone from. From all the way across the whole other side of the country, it's Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Uh, not much. I actually don't really pay attention until do my I. intro. I just right. kind of zone out, and then you said Ed. I was like, oh, no. Oh, what? What's he talking about? Because uh, yeah, you're playing you said trivia. something about picks. Are you saying, I am? I am. I know. You're playing um, Wait, are you, are you saying we make picks for, Pat- for- – Patreon. We do a, a picks. Oh, football. Stuff. Yeah, do weekly picks. Only if it can be college. Fuck the yeah, NFL. Pick whatever you want. Okay. You pick whatever you want. Pick three games. Okay. Pick three games and just record it on your phone or something and send it to me. And I'll okay. pick I'll pick three games. And then I'll put just this is how my mind works. As I'm saying this, I'm like, oh fuck. I'm making I'm making work for myself by doing this, but I think I would tune into that. I would want to hear that if I were a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, yeah, so I'll do. I'll do it this week. Do you pick, I was already looking at the lines yeah, for this week. You pick three. I'll pick three against the number or lead however, pipe locks. Yeah, lead pipe locks, or you could do money line. Don't do. Don't like do any like exotics because I get confused by those. But you know, just straight no, bets. The over over under. Yes, that's yes. I the think total. it should only be over under. Or you pick the spread, not money line. Yeah, okay. Money line is 
State. With money lines, you just pick the winner, right? Right, but that's like yeah, that doesn't count. When yeah, you watch when you watch these pregame shows, I haven't in a while. Yeah, they're all guessing, and they're guessing without the spread. So they're saying oh, stuff so like, good. "Yeah, yeah, I think Florida State's going to be up for this game, but I got a hunch it's Clemson. Clemson's favored by eighteen and a half, fuckface." <laughs> yeah, right. <That's- laughs> yeah, you're not going out on a limb. No, that's yeah. That's- they love to like hem and haw. And there's no point spread involved. I miss old Jimmy the Greek. R.I.P. Like, why don't we? Why don't we bring that aspect back to the pregame shows? Like, have somebody come on and not well, the schwam. Aspects of Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> I mean, not he, all aspects. He, he was the blacks. The blacks. The black is the superior athlete. Uh, I mean, he was. He, and and he's yeah, from a different I time. You, I heard you start to say it. Not the self-proclaimed schwam. Not the schwam. That guy sucks. Hey, hey, I thought the fucking And now he's coming back. Yeah, why? I thought he retired. And he's um, listening to a baseball game in the car on the way home from work the other day. And there's the fucking schwam doing the game. He's so unfunny. It hurts. It hurts to hear him. He's so bad. And I just, I I get like people say he's a nice guy or whatever. And I'm sure he is. He's been around for a hundred years, but it's time to move on. Give Chris Fowler like, a shot. Let Chris Fowler do something else. He, he like does Dick Clark else. on New Year's Eve. At some oh, point, yeah. nice guy or not, you've got to go off into the sunset. Yeah, it's it's the right thing to do. And let's be honest, Chris Berman isn't entertaining to anyone outside of middle school boys. No, even that. like those nicknames are super lame. Yeah, it's so unfunny. And well, they're also dated, like. Uh, well, it's, he always does like somebody's got like a um, something hotel California. I don't know. I can't. Don, welcome Mattingly. Yeah, they're also Barry bad. U.S. Bonds. Like Gary U.S. Bonds. Yeah, Come on, that's a that's a very old buddy. Movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. We we have a we have a guest coming up later. We don't do a lot of guests here. It's kind of exciting. No, it, this is a good one. Yeah, this, this is, is a, good a good one. So we have a guest um coming up. So I just want to get let's. Get through our email and voicemail segment so we can, unless there's something very pressing you need to discuss. Anything? I got fucking jury duty again tomorrow. And I know what you're going to say. Just throw it out. Just throw it away. I'm a rule follower. I can't like, you know, when people just drive over the median, when, when there's, when there's a way to get around traffic, I can't do that because I know I'll be the guy pulled over. Yeah, I do that all the time. No, no, you do. Um, I'm not that guy. I, I I follow the rules. Yep. I'm going to jury duty, and then I'll follow the rules by coming up with whatever excuse will get me the fuck out of there. So here's the thing. So one time I went to jury duty before someone advised me. I went to jury duty, and when I went to jury duty, they call you up. They're like, okay, if your name starts with – or your last name starts with A through N, line up at window three. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not getting up. How are they going to know? And then, so then people, <laughs> so then people line up and they're like, okay, we know there are more of you out there that have a name that starts with A through N and it, you don't want us to call you by name, but go ahead and stand up. And I'm like, and I started to sweat a little bit and I'm like, no. And then, so then, but then they like got more serious and then they're like, okay, we're going to start calling names. And I'm like, fuck. So I got up, but then I was at the end of the line. And then they got enough people and they're like, okay, the rest of you can go. And I'm like, oh, that was a pretty good tactic. But then 
after then I told somebody that story is my buddy and his girlfriend was in law school. <laughs> so this, this is, this is the extent of my, I don't even know if she ever became a lawyer. I assume she did, but he's like, Hey man, he's like, my girlfriend's in law school. She says, just throw those things away. And <laughs> she's like, he's like, they have no way. They don't send it registered mail. They don't know that you got it unless you get it registered mail, which they would will do if they keep sending them to you. Oh. But unless you get them registered mail, they cannot prove that you received it. So just fucking throw it away. And I've done that ever since. And I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't got one in quite a while. But if it, I do M- get one, Michelle and I live in the same house. Yeah, she never. And gets one. I've I've lived in Hoboken for twenty years. And I think this is my fifth time. She's gotten it zero times. Yeah. And it's supposed it's supposedly they say it's tied to the DMV. That might just be here. But I, I think that's bullshit. I think people even without driver's license get them too. I don't know. So and well, good luck with that. The last time when I had to talk my way out of it, I had to stand right next to the defendant who was accused of molesting his girlfriend's daughter. Oh fuck. And he was pretty scary looking. Oh, and I had to be like you know, I'm, I'm, I've got prior engagements. I, I need to leave. Oh, they don't care the guy's about that. Kinda, he's looking at me, and I'm thinking, well, what, what is he, what is he looking at me? Like, is he? If I were trying to gain sympathy yeah. for someone, this guy kind of looked like Tex Cobb. Ooh. You know, the boxer. Yeah. Like big, ugly looking, gnarled looking white dude. And I just, I, I was scared of him. But you look like a law and order white guy. So I don't think they, I don't think he would have wanted you on the, you don't look That's like a sympathetic thing. juror. I, I made the, I made the comment to my boys. I said, well, I probably won't get chosen. And they're like, why? And I was, I said, well, cause I'm a white guy. Yeah. And, and they, uh, they said, That's so unfair. Yeah. I, uh, actually, that, that's, that's the best case scenario for me. Yeah. No, it is the best. Yeah. I've, I don't, I've argued this many times. Professional juries. Of course. Like, make this a job. Make being a juror, a juror of your peers. Yeah, but people that are professionals that have studied the law. You think fucking OJ gets off on his, on his, uh, the, uh, the cops set me up routine? If we had a professional jury there? I think not. I know, I know, uh, listen, the Supreme Court shows that it really is very partisan and all that. However, if you just gave people like a certain term, yeah, 18 year term, yeah, they're professional jurors, it's got to be better than people who, if they're smart enough, figure out ways out of it. And the other people have nothing better to do, decide your fate. And it's and it would be retired people, retired judges and court people. I'll just go further. I'll go one step further. My father-in-law is a retired barrister from Australia, a, a, an attorney. And do, do they wear the powdered wig? Yes, they there? wear the wigs. Yes. That's awesome. Does he keep it? He had it. He doesn't have it, but he did have one. Um he says, I would take it out like when I go drinking. Oh, totally. How cool would it be to have that? I, That'd be the best. Just like have dinner parties and everybody's like sitting. Or just be like sitting by the pool. Yeah. And just have your powdered wig. Yeah. Everybody's sitting at the table and you just come downstairs and you got your wig on. Um, the He says they do something there where they, if they can't come up with a, if all 12, I think it's 12 there also, if all, if there's not a unanimous decision, 
they go with like a um, do nine people agree rule. And if they're like, yeah, if it's, if it's, so if it's deadlocked 11 to one, that doesn't matter because that one dummy gets overruled by 11. They do, they don't do like a simple majority. Yeah. I remember the Manafort trial, a Trump supporter went on there and said, I wanted him to be innocent. Yeah. But he was so unbelievably guilty, but we couldn't get all charges because there was somebody who was even more in the bag (laughs) and we could not get the unanimous. That's what happens. Unanimous (laughs) is kind of bullshit. Like let's, let's modernize. Okay. Let's we're digressing here. Um, A lot of people reaching out this week, some old friends. Let's check in on some email. Everybody will recognize this guy's voice. Let's see what he's got to say. That would be voicemail. Yeah. Voicemail either. Hey, it's Rex. Um, been a while hope yes. you guys are doing well hey i want um rex is he's a good caller i would i would classify him as a good caller i can't really remember i think he might have started annoying me before but he's a good caller but he sounds like such a serial killer and i also he, like how he either is that or he he makes sure the the quaaludes are hitting right. just as he calls and I, but i i like how he's got a real familiarity with us like hey it's rex like oh yeah hey rex what's up yeah mind if i borrow some eggs you guys yeah I've been doing a lot of advanced statistics and analytics on the NFL. Oh, I like that. And it turns out you may not be aware that the biggest predictor of a QB success is their hand size. So, for example, like... That's why I'd be terrible. Brett Favre or John Elway. You got small hands. Wait, Favre had big hands? Yep. That's what he's saying. Far, wait, hold on. You said that's why you'd be terrible. You got small hands. You're a big guy. Yeah. Size 13 feet. Yeah. Size, small hands, whatever. Really? Whatever. I have no sizing for my hands, but they're small. Oh, interesting. Okay. Really big hands from wrist to longest fingers, like 10 inches and above. So I'm wondering if there is a correlation there between hand size and dong size. And I wanted to see if you guys had any thoughts on that or have done any research on that because I personally have. I've done a lot of research on tripods within the NFL. And that leads me to a Ed Daly challenge, I think it's called, or choice. Oh, um, come on. Don't... And the two participants I would like for you to consider would be uh, LeGarrette Blount, I believe it's Blount. called. He's Blount. called. He knows. And he fucked up that old. Boise guy. Yeah, he did. Thank you. Oh, he said. I know. Okay, look, Eric Blunt. So now it's not only it's a voicemail. Also, this is his um, premise. His premise falls apart because we've seen Brett Favre's dong, and it's unimpressive. Yeah, not impressive. So he's got. Um, yeah, and he's. I mean, I've I the old big feet, big dick thing. I've told you. Yeah, I've you, got huge feet. You got a and I, yeah. You got I have average average at best equipment. But he does he does propose here a Daily's Choice. Daily's Choice. It's a choice I make. Daily's Choice. Watch me shiver while you shake. You're new to the show. Pretty simple. At Daily goes to a urinal. There's a Dude on either side of him. They're both well-known people. He's got only a brief moment to check out one of their dongs. Who's it going to be? Ed, LeGarrette Blunt, who we've kind of seen already in his team picture for the yeah. Detroit Lions. 
And Nick Foles, who we only know by legend, despite the fact that I may have said on the show, he did attend the same yoga studio for me while he was, as I did while he was getting ready for the combine. And while I never saw his dong, the rest of him is huge. His, was he giving off that BDE? Yeah. I mean, he's just big, like his thick fingers. Like he's just a big, huge person. So if the rumor wasn't out, yeah. if the rumor wasn't out, I would say Legarrett because right. I've already, I already kind of know something, something serious is going on. Yeah. But the fact that there's the, there are those rumors about foals yeah, makes me wonder like how, how, <clears throat> Yeah. Crazy are we talking here? Yeah, you got to check it out. It's There's so many rumors about it. It's got to be false. Okay, thank you for that, right. Rex. Here's another one. Manuel. Ed. This, I like these, I like hearing from Manuel only. Bribe, bribe, Bex. Easy, Edward, daily, Monday. Only because. Game three. He's so Yes. The Brewers have already put a run on the Dodgers. But Am I worried about it? Not one freaking iota, fellas. So long. They're going to take it in five. Yes, I said we, Edward. Oh, Anyhow, we're going to take it in five. I like that. The reason I'm calling we. Yeah, we. is uh, it's a sad day today in uh, L.A. Radio Land, uh, Hollyweird, so to speak. Hollyweird. Uh, so to speak. The fact that it's the first day that we don't have our brother, our legendary uh, call screener to the stars. So friend, friend of the show, Jason Stewart, Stewart has gone on to another job. He's not producing a local AKA radio show anymore. I don't know what, why that's apropos to this show, but that's what he's talking about. Does it seem like every caller is a 45 that's being played on 33 right now? You know, truth be told, uh, Maybe so old Chase Stewart tried to put me on blast yeah, on uh, the airwaves Angel one or two blast. times. I'm not going to lie, but oh, there's Stewart. never any hard feelings. I mean, uh, the guy's a legend in his field, and I'm sad to, that I won't be able to interact with him when I'm calling hey, we him love one Stewart. Fred Rogan or one May- Jim Rome. Maybe leave this on his voicemail. Uh, what have you. Whatever show it is that the old finds himself on this How week because uh, our friend so Jake the uh, captain of the swipe to the left the guy we all live mean, vicariously through he's right about yes, Jake Stu the next time you go muff diving at the old Tarantula stick it once for your brother yeah. Manuel from Gardena maybe Manuel so, should uh, re- start a remake I of just Mr. want to tip the cap not a bad idea you know Pour a shot, oh. a glass of uh, Stella, okay. or whatever you're drinking tonight. A shot of Stella? Legend that is well, one Jason Stewart. Shot or tilt a glass. He graced us with his presence for the last 20 some odd years. Right. Wait, did Jason die? The no, he's not dead. Sports oh. talk radio as, in Los Angeles. As soon as The Bachelor's and, on, he'll be uh, back the on the show. a good guy, man. So here's to you, uh, Moleface Rock. Moleface We're going to oh. miss you. But uh, you're on the better things over at FS1. Okay. And they are a better network because they have taken you in, my brother. Oh, my God. So, Manuel, Manuel. Martina, I feel like this call. Or your buddy Steven and Orson. Uh, what? Good on you, Jay Stu. I didn't get that. 
I'm not sure what, what that was. Okay, I appreciate the sentiment for Jay. Okay, okay, I appreciate the sentiment for Jay Stu, but Jay, Jay Stu's not here. Like, yeah, and just get wish him, give him, pay your specs to Jay Stu, who's not dead. In he's reachable 30, in on 30, social media. Thirty seconds. Okay, here's a here's another one. This is, I believe, this is a new. Some new blood on the voicemail. Let's see. I don't know. I haven't listened to this. I'm not sure who this person is, but I didn't recognize the number. Let's see what's up. Hey, Brownie. This is Bailey in Texas. I've got uh, something for Manuel. Hold on. Is this? I feel this like sounds like a, a voice. He's affecting an accent. And why is he inside of a nuclear reactor while he's making the call? That's what I want to know. It's hard enough doing the sound on this show while hosting it that, that you got to deal with stuff like this. But I'm, I'm going to let him go with it. Hey, Manuel, uh, <laughs> next time you get a hankering to call, don't dial the phone. But hold the phone up to your face and keep yapping about all the ridiculous stuff that nobody cares about, how you get around Gardena. Just keep on yapping. But you don't have to call. Y'all save us about two to three minutes of our lives, and we'll be very grateful. You may have the most. Non- you know, he kind of sounds like Jerry Falwell with this voice. Now I gotta say, it's <laughs> the Jews and the homosexuals that caused Katrina. I would like it if you would please hear my prayers and <laughs> smite Manuel and Gardena. I'm calling the show ever again. Information in humankind's history. So please keep it to yourself. Don't ever dial this number again. <laughs> it's Billy in Texas. Billy in Texas. Okay. I don't. Uh, <laughs> Is that Billy Gibbon? No. <laughs> Billy in Texas. Not not a fan of Manuel. Is that Billy Gibbon? I don't know. I don't know who that was. Gonna sing legs? Yes. Drop dress man? Right. I don't think it was any any member of ZZ Top. Lagrange? <laughs> but Kush? it was somebody who's not who was able to say in only fifty three seconds that he, he doesn't want Manuel to call anymore. Um all right. That's, all right. that's what I'm saying, Manuel. Very polarizing. Get a lot of reaction to him on Twitter. Uh okay. Quick email. Ballers and Kate. Kate's not here yet. Hashtag Team Current Episode. Hashtag Every Episode. Hashtag Friday Facts. The boobs that Manuel sees all the time are natural gas vapor domes. Okay, you remember, so last week Manuel, this is a lot of Manuel content. Manuel called last week wondering when he drives past those refineries what those domes are. Turns out we got a lot of oil and gas people to listen to the show, and this one's explaining the boobs that Manuel sees all the time are natural gas vapor domes. They catch the vapors extruded from natural gas in pipelines, and when they accumulate enough and reach a certain pressure, they can be liquefied and resold back into the market for a profit. You know, another way for oil and gas companies to make more money. 
Regards, <laughs> Doug, the Canadian work, working in Houston. Well, thanks for that, Doug. Now I'm going to know. That's good. Good little info, yeah. Doug. And also, it made me think of a great Bismarcky song, "The Vapors." Oh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not familiar and with that. You want to wrap Snoop up your remade, bars? Remade it. It's a good one. Oh, I don't know it. Um, okay, we have a guest coming up, but we're not quite. Thank you, everybody that reached out. By the way, I whether you're a fan of certain people, whether I think you talk too long or not, which you do. Uh, I appreciate anybody that takes time out of their day. It's not like you can call in while, I mean, I guess you could call in while you're hearing the show, but it's not like it's a live interaction. So th- that somebody will call on a Saturday night, they'll be thinking of the show or listening to the show on a Saturday night, and they'll think to call and leave us a message is very flattering to me, and I appreciate it. So thank you guys for that. Um, Ed, do you want to do a couple like quick stories before we call our guest? Um, Deontay Wilder crushed a mascot on a Spanish speaking ESPN show and broke a man's jaw. And he claimed he didn't realize there was a person inside the mascot. (laughs) It's worth checking out the video because he fucks this thing up. I'll put it on my, I'll put it on the, on the Facebook page because he, it's a mascot. It looks like kind of like one of those sausages from the brewer's games but what did he, he thought it was a robot I don't, did it come to life I don't the know. stuffed animal I don't, he doesn't he clearly doesn't understand the existence of mascots or just the concept of mascots because it's always a person inside the thing like the philly fanatic isn't an animatronic thing and even that that monster gritty from the philadelphia yeah. flyers the most terrifying mascot in the history of mascots there's a guy in there skating around on right. the ice, but right. <laughs> heavyweight champion. I think he's a heavyweight champion. Deontay Wilder didn't realize. I wasn't that. sure because they were talking in Spanish. I wasn't sure exactly right. what they were saying, but they were kind of goading him to do it. Yeah. But still, you just do a playful tap. You don't fuck a guy up. Dude. I mean, crushed him. <laughs> he fucked him up. Yes. It appeared I'm not my Spanish is not great. People have to talk real slow for me to get the gist of it. I, so I didn't get I can read better than I can understand. Exactly. I didn't I didn't get what was going on, but it definitely seemed like they were encouraging him to do it. And he kind yeah, of and, and the people who worked on the show were all too enthusiastic <laughs> because Wilder wasn't lining them up them up, them up for a big punch. No. And he kind of like sets up and he goes to fucking bomb on him and I go, oh, he's not going to hit him that hard and then all of a sudden boom! He just wrecks him directly to the head. Like, for not knowing that there was a human being inside there, he had a pretty good idea where the head of a human being would be located. And Specifically the jaw. Yes, He broke the guy's fucking jaw. I mean, he's a heavyweight boxer. Um... I've got an update to a story. We talked about the two Tigers uh, play-by-play and color guy that got into a fight over who had the better chair. Greatest story in the history of sports. Well, those two guys were relieved of their duties after the season ended. Well, it's no big deal because they weren't – I mean those – it's not like they were getting paid that much. So they No, just, get, just, just a half a million dollars a year and 350 k But I'm sure – I'm sure Michigan sports will just – they'll find a quick job out of nowhere. Imagine – I mean it wouldn't be great to have to work in close quarters 
for a long period of time where your job is talking and being entertaining and explaining things with someone you really dislike. Right. But you know what sweetens the deal? Half a million dollars. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the half million dollar guy, Mario Impemba, who I used to, I believe used to do the uh, angel games here on the radio locally. He was pissed because he would describe something. He's the, he's the play by play guy. And the analyst rod something. He'd say something, and it was like major league. He would describe what Rod was Allen. Ha- Rod Allen. He would describe what was happening on the field, and he'd look over, and this Rod guy would be would be scrolling like through Twitter or, or looking at shit on his phone when he was supposed to be analyzing what was happening on the field, which is probably pretty annoying. But I think the half million dollars would make me like, I would just make fun of him on the air or something. Like I would do something to keep right. it light. You break balls. You yeah. could even talk to management after the game is over before the game. Yes. Yeah. But he, he decided to go Donnie Brook in the booth. <laughs> they, they threw him. And I, and you're paying your broadcast team almost a million dollars combined. Yeah. You can't get two decent chairs in the booth. The, the whole this thing this came this thing came to loggerheads because <laughs> Mario got there first and he got the good chair, and then Rod rolled in and he's like, "Look, man, I got a bad back. I need the good chair." And he's and Mario like got pissed and gave it to him, <laughs> but there was there it was definitely boiling up inside because then they went to a commercial break and they tried to fight each other. Yeah, in between in um, in, in non sports, uh, you know, you think of uh, Parliament as maybe a little more um, orderly, um, oh, no. but no, they, they the, scream at each other in there. They do, but you feel like they leave it all on the field. But no, they found uh, vomit and used condoms in Parliament, and so the members of Parliament were told to clean up their act. I mean, it's prob. Do they have staffers there, like they do in D.C.? I mean, they must. It's a huge building. Yeah. I've seen one session of Parliament when I was in college. We had to like go to one, and it was interesting enough. But they're all in this tiny room, and Parliament is massive. So they must have their offices with their assistants and all the bullshit. But uh, there was some shady shit going down. Um, um, yeah, the I knew a friend of mine's brother-in-law worked in the White House, and he's and he's. You know, he's an accomplished guy. He's got a lot of degrees and shit, and he's tall and good looking. And he said that he was just doing, he was working long hours, but after hours, there was a lot of fucking going on all over Washington. Just a lot of. Because you're expected to be in your office all the time. Yeah, a lot of. When, when When it's in session. Yeah, just a lot of like upwardly mobile, do high achieving people yeah. all working together and they are all horny as hell. And it was just fuck city all over Washington, DC chocolate city was fuck city for all these staffers. So it's probably the same in parliament. Yep. Um, let's go over to the show me state. Uh, white woman from St. Louis, Missouri blocks. is Missouri. The show me state. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to guess. <laughs> I'm guessing. Uh, uh, a white woman from St. Louis blocks black man from entering his apartment. 
he had the key fob, and she still followed him to his door. And he took out his keys, but he did record her, and she's been relieved of her duties at her job. Justice. That's called justice. That's what we yeah. call justice. But I, I mean, I appreciate him trying to be the uh, well, not trying to be. He is the better person, but he tried to be a little too nice. He said, "I'm not looking for her life to be ruined by this. I just want to point out, you know." that this is something that goes down. If I didn't record it, people wouldn't believe me. But still, yeah, I think she deserves to lose her job. She's a fucking yeah. awful person. This is the, the same thing happened. We talked about this a couple months ago. Some guy was sitting out by the pool at his apartments. That's right. It was uh, think, like a 4th of July or w- something. Was like it that. also St. Louis? It was somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking that was like Virginia. Or oh, it might Carolina. be. Maybe. Could be. And th- some another white woman came up to him and she's like where do you why are you here and he's like i fucking live here and she's like well tell me where you live what's your apartment number show me your key yeah. and he's like i'm not showing you shit yeah your badge is just that you're white yeah who like, are you just because you're fuck. some nosy white bitch leave me the fuck alone yeah let's stay in the show me state okay missouri man Still charged, missouri. With, charged yeah. with illegal circumcision of two teens oh my god I saw what? this. Yeah. What, it, it, what is this guy doing with teenage penises? It's, it was some religious thing. You know, you don't have to get the skin cut off your dick. Right? Like, right. there's no, like, that guy, uh, one guy I saw in the gym, we won't go back to that. Okay? That guy had an issue that. He probably could have used a trim. Cosmetically, it might have helped if he got that thing cleaned up. But I'm just saying the average dude, like if you reach, if you didn't get it when you were a kid, you don't need it when you're a kid and you don't need it. You especially don't need it when you're a teenager or an adult. And, and right. Jesus never said you needed it. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't think there's any rules. Like, I don't think that's in the scripture or anything. Cut your dick. No, no. Uh, quickly down in Savannah, Georgia, there's somebody putting googly eyes on statues and police say it's no laughing matter. It's hilarious. It's the funniest fucking thing my, I've ever seen. My counter to that is that is about as good as it gets with a statue. It's almost as terrifying as gritty. The statue with the not, googly eyes. Not as terrifying. Not as, but it's up there. It's pretty scary, but it's more. It's more lighthearted. It's more fun. Okay. You remember yeah. one last one. Okay. You remember uh, uh, Sebastian Gorka, the old uh, white supremacist who worked in the White House for a little while. Um. Yeah. He's gotten. Wait, is he the guy that's on – I get him and that Jason guy with the goatee and no chin. Sebastian Gorka's – oh, wait. He's the guy that – he's like a white he supremacist. A yeah. He does have a goatee. He drives a sweet Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people just poked around his Instagram page. and His Instagram follows, and he's following a mature and busty MILF. Oh, there's not. Uh, there's not. I'm not going to judge him for that. But what – why do you have to follow it on yeah, you can Instagram? Just, just Google it. In the world, internet porn world. What, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. And if there's somebody you want to, like, if you have a favorite that you like checking out, just like search that page every time. So no one can yeah. see that you're following it. He's really in heat over this ca- account. Oh, is he? Does he do? Does he comment? No, I'm just um, saying like what, to follow it means you need it. A constant supply yeah, from this account. Right. And it's like, it's Instagram. So it's not, you know, there's, they have community guidelines. So there's no nudity or anything. And one last headline without comment. 
I just think it's kind of ordinary, but worth writing, r- reading. Man run over by lawnmower while trying to kill son with chainsaw. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. I love battles with yard implements. CBLS, how yes, the lifestyle's baller. Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stu and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Uh, joining us now is New York Times bestselling author. He wrote, a lot of you will remember this, The Bad Guys Won, the biography of the 1986 New York Mets, where we learned that Kevin Mitchell was RIP, by the way, might have been the most terrifying human being ever to live. Uh, He also wrote Boys Will Be Boys about the 1990s Dallas Cowboys, where we learned that Charles Haley was almost as scary as Kevin Mitchell. And my personal favorite, Showtime, the biography of the 1980s LA Lakers, where I learned that Norm Nixon got every single bit of available pussy, both on the road and at home in L.A. His new book is called Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL. Jeff Perlman joins us now. Jeff, what is up? I'm Brian Beckner. You also have Ed Daly on the line. Hey, Jeff. So I just want to say that was a really good introduction, but... You, uh, Kevin Mitchell's not dead. Yeah, I, I just what? googled that. I, I thought Kevin Mitchell was dead. dead. Not even halfway dead. Well, is is he being watched? Because not even he's, in a wheelchair. Doesn't even have high blood pressure. He's, he's all good. <laughs> Why did I think he was dead? Well, somebody else is dead that I'm confusing with Kevin Mitchell. Good, 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 didn't even eat a bony piece of fish. He's good. <laughs> well, uh, don't good. I, I'm terrified uh, that he Sisk. is he alive too? Uh, Doug Sisk alive. The only member of the team that died player is Gary Carter. Uh, oh, R.I.P. Right. The Orange County guy, yeah, Ollerton. Yeah, yeah, great, great dude, great perm. Um, okay, so tell. I'm reading this book. I'm almost. I'm probably about three quarters of the way done. I love this book. Both Ed and I are reading it. I had not thought of the USFL probably since I was eight years old because that was a, around the time. Uh, that's the age I was when it was a thing. All I really knew about the USFL was um, Steve Young's massive contract. Um, But now I wish I had been a fan. I wish I had been involved. What was the impetus for you to write a book about an obscure football league that a lot of people had never heard of or those who had had already forgotten about? Man, I just I always loved the USFL. Like I grew up. Actually, it was a few things. I loved the USFL as a kid. I remember vividly um, being growing up in Mayo Pack, New York, small town, going to the library, picking up the Sports Illustrated where uh, Herschel Walker's on the cover in a general's uniform. And it was a preview issue. So inside were 12 like kick-ass helmets. And I, I mean, I just freaking loved it. And then I, I think I've always been intrigued. I, it's funny, halfway through promoting this book, this really hit me. Like I've always been really intrigued by the idea of like new leagues. And players from one league going to another league, like, I remember when, like, Ichiro joined the Seattle Mariners, just being like, I wonder how that's going to work out. Or some upstart minor league starts, or the Colorado Silver Bullets, which was a female professional baseball team. I'm always, like, sort of fascinated by those kind of circumstances. And the USFL, in a way, was the ultimate one of those, because it was a real league with real money, with real big-time players, and it also combined a lot of, you know, 
former inmates and drug abusers and division three stars and that's marginal division one two. yeah so it's like just a million different things going on all in the era of cocaine and wild drinking um now i i've listened to your podcast uh jeff has a podcast two writers slinging yang and i listened to uh a, i don't know about a month ago when your wife interviewed you for this book. And so you talked a little bit about your process of getting these interviews and I thought it was interesting. And I would like to know, how did you get to, uh, for example, the story where you write about, uh, LA express nose guard, Eddie Weaver. Mm-hmm. And then you get the quote, he was nicknamed meat cleaver because he, and he refused to wear a jockstrap meat. Just let it hang. Like how, how far down the rabbit hole do you have to get to get info on, on some random guy that probably isn't listed well, you find out the meat cleaver. Well, I knew about the meat cleaver because I remember being a kid and it was kind oh, of funny. Okay. It's a guy nicknamed the meat cleaver. But um, it's all about like, uh, you know, like it's all about, I always say like I, sometimes I teach, I teach uh, out, out here at Chapman University in Orange and uh, just adjunct. And I always tell my students, it's like a big sort of thing for me, recurring theme is like uh, taking the little and finding big in it. Right. So Someone tells you there's a guy nicknamed Meat Cleaver. You want to know about him. You just want to know about him. I'll so you it. ask everyone about him. Or the star of the book, I, I would say, or one of the stars, this guy, Greg Fields, who, uh, who punched his coach with the LA Express. Big yeah. paper. I, didn't know anything. I knew nothing about him. An- another quarter- a quarterback named Tom Ramsey of the LA Express said to me, you got to find out about Big Paper. And I was like, who's Big Paper? He's like, oh, there's this guy nicknamed Big Paper. He was absolutely insane. And... When someone says that, when someone says someone's absolutely insane, you sort of go after it. So it's finding little, it's easy to get information on Steve Young or Jim Kelly or Doug Flutie, but right. the, the, the meat and potato guys, I mean, you find a little and you just dig and dig and dig and keep asking and keep asking. Now, if you had to compare, because I, I've read the, the, the Boys Will Be Boys in this book, who do you think would be more insane in the locker room? Um, Haley, Charles Haley, or uh, Corker, the sack man, who, oh. who had the biggest dick in the USFL. See, Corker did have the biggest dick in the USFL, but he wasn't masturbating in the locker room like Haley was. I think, <laughs> I think that takes you to a new level when you're masturbating. He was more there. tasteful with his dunk. Well, Cor- <laughs> he wasn't more tasteful. He was, he was showing it to female reporters and lathering it in Vaseline as they walk in. Yeah, he was, but- he was lotioning it. Yeah, so in while some it was ways, on display, Haley, maybe Haley was more discreet because he was masturbating under a towel. So I, I think it's a draw. I think they would kill each other with their massive penises if they got in a penis fight. Um, and this this book is just full of so many funny, I, co- <laughs> yeah, penises. But uh, like you said, uh, cocaine was a was a major theme to all of this, and anything from the the courtship of Mike Rozier. And uh, somebody was talking about how the cocaine might uh, might make his ankle feel better. And then yeah. Dudley Moore pops up in the story. The 80s just feels like there was nothing but cocaine going on. Or when a- Arizona and Chicago trade franchises, I know the, the reason is because of a businessman, but ultimately you got to think there was a lot of coke in trading franchises. So people could be closer to their cocaine. <laughs> I love, I do love, I mean, one thing I love about the book, uh, 
it's kind of weird. It's like you're talking about your own books. You sound kind of like a douchebag, like bragging about it. it but I will say, I really do. Like, you do these interviews, and everyone always pulls out a different story. And that's really when I'd be like, man, there are a lot of stories in this book. Like, these, this book, more than any book I've written, is just packed full of outlandishly unbelievable stories. And, like, I mean, the Chicago Blitz and the Arizona Wranglers were traded for each other. Because the owner of the Chicago Blitz lived in Arizona and didn't feel like making the three-hour flight. So the USFL solution was, we'll just swap the entire rosters for each other. Like and every single person. It's incredible. Every single person. We're just going to swap everyone. And then we're going to take 30 of the people who are traded to uh, Arizona, and we're going to trade them to Memphis. All right, the but we're not going to tell them. And then the, best, and then the best part is, they do the trade, and Chicago hires Marv Levy as a head coach, but forgets to tell him that this trade ever took place. So he shows up expecting these players to be there. It's an entirely different roster of players. Yeah, and, and, then two weeks later, and then two weeks later, the owner of the Chicago Blitz, the new owner, quits. He just quits. He doesn't like sell the team. Yeah. He just decides, I don't want this I'm anymore. Out. I'm leaving. Just well, walks yeah. away from the table. I like, how the, I like how the LA Express guy actually did not have any money. He's like, oh, yeah, I got here's how much money I have on paper. And no one checked. Yeah. They, um, they started doing really bad jobs the second year when it came to background checks. And a lot of guys tapped out of their money. Um, yeah, I mean, it's insane. It's not, that guy, he's the same guy who stood up at an owner's meeting. He brought Wayne Newton with him to an owner's meeting. So good. Guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed Wayne Newton's concert was going to sell out the Coliseum for opening day. 90,000 seat Coliseum. And stood up in the meeting, I think it was in that same meeting, and said, if you gotta, if you want to dance with the king, you got to know how to boogie woogie. And he pulled down his pants. I was in an owners meeting. <laughs> oh, that seems professional. And uh, you know, there are. I, I imagine you started this book way before we we knew about who was the president. And uh, the amount of stories that really were just red flag after red flag about uh, Trump are insane in this book. I mean, it is interesting. Like today. Uh, today, the um, Donald Trump on Twitter called uh, Stormy Daniels horse face, right? And that was right. a huge deal. In the US of L, that's like story number 833 of things he's done wrong. Right. Like that would be like way down on the list of awful things. Um, so I, uh, I just, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, Trump, Trump, was a, Trump was a train wreck. And he's every, everything you see about him in the US of L, like if you, People say to me, oh, you were biased, right? Oh, you're biased. Like, you could not do a book about the USFL and feel good about Donald Trump doing anything in your life. So if you write, you research a book on the USFL, and then it's like, yeah, Trump's going to come and babysit your kids. Like, no, 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 no. Trump's (laughs) going to run the Walmart. He's taking over the local Walmart. No, I don't think Trump wants to manage your nearby Starbucks, but he's just going to take the night shift. No, I don't think so. Like, there is nothing he could do after you research USFL that you think this is a competent man to do. So the fact that he's president of the United States is absolutely freaking insane. But the, and, <clears throat> but the thing is, is that that while that is obvious to you and I, mm-hmm. the the other USFL USFL owners still let him go alone and try to negotiate with the NFL. They let him deal directly with the networks, and it's kind of the same thing as why is it so obvious to you and I that this guy's a grifter and a criminal and a liar, but he's still able to fool so many people with his deal. I don't, you know, it's funny. I'm a New Yorker and I've talked to my dad a lot about this. We're born, I live in California, but I'm born and raised in New York. And I don't know any New Yorkers who are like, Oh, Trump, what a great, like we all realize he's completely and totally full of shit. 
right? Because like, yeah, you, you're yeah, I'm, exposed I, to I grew him. up, I, I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. So right. All the, the New York papers, he was just a buffoon from like the early eighties. Yeah. He was like, a and it wasn't until he played a successful guy on TV in the apprentice. He right. was just this guy the whole time. But right. it's, it's like, crazy how quickly in the story that every, every interaction he has in the story it's just somebody saying, yeah, like this is, this is fucked up. And P. Rozelle saw through his bullshit right away, how they were going to try to get a lawsuit going. And right. it was, it was, it seemed just obvious, you know, decades and decades ago. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was to Rozelle it was to John Bassett, the owner of the Tampa Bay bandits who wrote him that letter, you know, that's, basically saying, that's, that's awesome. best, best letter of all time where he said, uh, you know, Trump had been an asshole in one of the previous meetings and Bassett wrote him a letter and said, you're bigger, younger, and stronger than I am. But the next time I see you, some, you treat someone like that, I'm going to punch you in the face. Um, <laughs> he saw through him. He actually told the New York Times, I don't know why we're following this con man. I actually think one thing I've learned from the U.S. Like, if there's something I've learned from the Trump presidency, and this is going to sound dumb, right? But I've learned from the Trump presidency to have absolutely zero faith in the evangelical community, that they're going to be consistent with any of their beliefs because they've fallen in line for this con man who's an awful human being who just called a woman a, a horse face today, right? Um, yeah, who doesn't represent any of their beliefs, their so-called exactly, beliefs. Exactly. And with the USFL, what I really learned, these were wealthy, rich, successful men. And I feel like, I'm, I really, am, I'm, I've thought about this a lot. It's a lesson that just because someone is wealthy and apparently successful doesn't mean they have any better judgment than you or I do. Like, they're just as easily swayed as we are. Yeah. They, yeah. Just, they just have money. One thing I I took away from this book is the USFL had it right on the field. Like if they, if they didn't allow, well, uh, many things sort of derailed the, the progress of the USFL. If they had made it through and eventually maybe merged with the NFL, how much cooler would the NFL be right now? Oh man. First of all, they would have way cooler uniforms. They would have had offenses that were high flying earlier. Um, the USFL was, you know, for all the flaws and there were a lot of flaws, it was just really freaking badass. And it was, it was like fun. It was fun. And they were like hot, you know, they were like professional football combined with minor league baseball promotions. Yeah. So they were giving away. My favorite is, you know, the Tampa Bay bandits do a $1 million giveaway. Someone is going to leave the stadium tonight, a millionaire. And they call a name from the stands, so you know, good. his ticket, you win a million dollars. And he comes down and he's given the check on the field, the big cardboard check. He's got his million dollar check. It's the best thing ever. And the fine print is you don't start getting paid until 20 years and you get 50,000 a year until it's a million dollars. They had another giveaway where it was like 10 cars. They were giving away 10 new cars and they had them on the field with the motors running and someone just walked on the field and drove off with one <laughs> of the cars. Left with one. <laughs> just like, show up with confidence. You can take that car. Exactly. And then they had wait, the gunslingers had a giveaway of, I think also a car. And the PA announcer goes, and the winner is, oh, my God, it's me. And he actually had bought a ticket and did win. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? It was fun, though. Now, it's so fun. Now, Jeff, uh, backing, backing off the, the book and just your career in general, I was looking at your website, and uh, I, I was a little uh, confused. Your, your first idea was you wanted to write a biography of Kiss drummer Peter Chris. I read it somewhere. The Cat. I never get asked about that. That was when I was at the Tennessean and I was like, I loved kiss. I don't really know why in hindsight. I mean, I, I love, you know, cause you're from New York. 
No, it, Actually, it, got, it got me scared, but then I also saw in your bio that you like Tupac and Hall Notes. So then I realized you're, this was just a weird thing for you to like Peter. You Kirk. know what? Destroyer's a great album. And when I was a kid, Destroyer kind of raised me. And then, I don't know, you know, the makeup does it for you. I always thought, uh, I always thought Kiss would be a great book, but there have been a million books on Kiss. And their sets like shallow sellouts. That I feel like in hindsight, it would be no different than writing a book about like a piece of plastic. So that would, I, I got to think interviewing Gene Simmons would probably be the most ins- insufferable interview. I think it would be the equivalent of interviewing Donald Trump. I actually, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this. When I think of Trump, there are two people I think of, Gene Simmons and Barry Bonds. <laughs> I do. Yeah, because they're just, they've become the character that they're, you know, they've inhabited this, this thing that they pretend to be. And now they're just that. Yeah. Well, I always thought, um, I covered Barry Bonds a lot when I was at SI covering the Giants. I wrote a book about him. And I always thought that was unique about Bonds is he actually seemed to revel in making your life a little bit harder. You know, most people don't want to do that. Most people, most people want to make, you know, most people you check out of a hotel. Like you don't intentionally leave the room a mess. So the maid who's making $16 an hour or whatever has to, you know, go out of her way to clean it. Um, Bonds was a guy who made your life more difficult on purpose. And I always view Trump the same way. Like, it just makes your life more difficult on purpose for his own pleasure. That's, that's a good, a good Interesting. point. Um, so let's veer away from this. Recently, Sports by Brooks reappeared oh, man. out of yeah. nowhere on Twitter.com. Seriously, Jesus Christ. He, Why does everyone love so much? Why I, is give so shit. I give a shit. I he, know, so I for, people, for people that don't know, Sports by Brooks was a go-to website in the early part of the two thousands before it was before there was Twitter before there was any of this, you'd have to kind of go look for stories and this guy would break stories. He would find stuff. And then he eventually he got really into the Joe Paterno thing when that was going on, the whole Penn state thing. And then he disappeared. He went away and Jeff Perlman had some interest in that. And so you went and you researched a story, you wrote a story, you found out what happened to Sports by Brooks, and then you buried the story. I didn't bury the story. What happened is, um, what happened is, I wrote it for Bleacher Report, and I went hard on that story. The truth of the matter is, I didn't even know who he was, really. Like, I'd heard of him, I think, but the editor was like, would, would you want to find this guy? And I was like, all right. And then I found out who he was, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wasn't a reader of the site. And um, so then I went about it and I went hard and I probably interviewed 40 or 50 people. And uh, I think I know kind of what happened to him. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't stand in front of him. And I just thought it, it had to do probably with a mental health issue. And the editor of the site did not feel comfortable. Right. Uh, sort of exposing a guy, you know, or running a piece on a guy who, whose struggles were, uh, related to mental health and that was it and, and now that he's back it's just is he back still is he still tweeting yeah and but he's doing it's it's this real sort of one note thing where he's trying to expose well this is what it seems like he's trying to expose the history of racism in uh in college football yeah. And so there's like a lot of like Jackie Robinson stuff. And it's like a lot. I he's, it seems like there is a, a mental breakdown situation that hasn't been remedied. 
I uh, from my outside view. Yeah, I don't know. I, I only I heard about him coming back, and it was a big deal. And he was not on my radar, and so I checked him out. And I I don't get it. I'm not really sure what all the the hubbub is over. Well, in the, er, when the in the early 2000s, when he was hosting trivia nights in Hermosa Beach, and he would bring the Sports by Brooks girls with him. Yeah. He was he was a popular dude, and it was just it was just weird that he had created this big following and then and then disappeared. And now only Jeff Perlman knows what happened to him. Yeah, he's uh, he's hanging out with me actually. He lives in my house, and he, uh, <laughs> he dresses every day as a French maid, and he uh, makes his great. <laughs> so so back to the Tampa right, Bay Bandits. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. Go get back, let's, back to the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, I saw it, it. One of the things you wrote about is Jerry Reed because Bert was involved. Jerry Reed had a bandit ball song and I haven't listened to it. Is it as literal as Eastbound and down or any of the smoking the bandit songs where it's just, it's got you be. just repeating. It's not, what, it's not good, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's not good. It's terrible, but it maybe cocaine might've been involved. Um, I, <laughs> he's still alive, isn't he? Uh, him and Kevin Mitchell. Cocaine usage. I don't know. I actually have no idea. That's so funny. Not everyone was doing coke in the 80s. I can tell you factually, Stanley Perlman, my father, was definitely not doing coke in the 1980s. <laughs> um, what about what about the movie rights? I, I mean, this thing, the way you wrote it, it, it reads like it's got to be made into a film. Are you in discussion with anybody? What's going on with that? Are we going to see a, a football for a buck movie? I hope so. I do have a bunch of meetings about it, to be honest. And I'm not just saying that. Yeah. And I... But I got to say, like, it's all like these things like I've had other books options and you get kind of psyched. I used to get more excited because it's like, oh, we want to blah, blah, blah. And we know who's going to play so and so and blah, blah, blah. And then generally nothing happens. Like for every movie you see that's that based on a book, I, there are probably 500 books that are options. So, yeah, I think it's a great I think it's a great story. I think it's really cinematic. But nowadays also a a far bigger concern than it used to be are foreign rights and oh and it won't sell in china yeah exactly that's really true i know that sounds silly but that's actually a big factor it it will if you can attach the rock if you can get the rock to play big paper or 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 donald trump yeah or the guy that um that noximed his dick in the locker room uh, i like where you're going with it yeah that you get you attach the rock i bet i can't get the rock but i bet i could get mr t what about that Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. T. Mr. T's like five nine in real life. I don't think he can. I don't. He's also about sixty five years old. But yeah. I bet I could get. Him. I feel like I could get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's available. Yeah. Um, I also noticed this is a just as this is a quick aside. I noticed that um, you and I must live near each other. You don't have to tell me where you live, but um, but because we have the same congressman, the the surf and turd, oh. Rohrbacher. You should go to my, I have a political website called crazydana.com. Oh, I'll check it out. Check it out right now. He's the worst. He's a joke. He's the worst. He's the worst. And he's been here forever and nobody cared. And I think people finally are starting to realize that uh, he's a huge piece of shit and he's going to be gone after this. I had, I had a thought about him today that was kind of, I really mean like, um, I can't stand Donald Trump, right? I cannot stand him. I get why people like him though. Like I get it. Why? Some people feel like this guy's speaking my language. Fine. Like, I get it. I don't buy it. I think you're ridiculous, but I get it. Sure. Uh, Rohrbacher, I don't get it at all. This is, 
This isn't Mississippi. This isn't Alabama. It's Southern California. People are well-educated. They're informed. This guy has sponsored four bills in 30 years. Yeah. He is so preposterously ineffective. It's actually like, it's a joke how bad of a congressman. Forget it. Even if you're like a diehard Republican, he does nothing. Right. Nothing. He, but he wears, a, he wears a Hawaiian shirt, so everybody oh loves him. That's he his appeal. Surfing. Yeah. He likes surfing. It's uh, such a joke. Yeah, it's crazy. Also, he's in the 70s, but his, his surfing prowess is in doubt. I think it's more about the Hawaiian shirts than him yeah. actually paddling out at, at uh, north side of the Huntington Pier. It's a joke. It's actually a joke. Yeah. It's, anyway. Uh, do, you have, do you have a favorite USFL team? I'm, I'm partial to the Houston Gamblers, I think, because of the run and shoot. Well, I had a favorite. My team growing up was actually the Donald Trump owned New Jersey Generals. Yeah, but Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, Flutie, Brian Sipe, on and on. But I just want to say real quick, San Antonio Gunslingers, they were coached by a guy who was in the early onsets of dementia, who only had seven <laughs> fingers because he lost three of his fingers in a lawnmower accident, who hadn't coached in eight years, and he had coached Texas A&I, and who coached from the stands because he could see better. Oh, right? so good. They're um, – <laughs> it gets so much better with this team. It's not even funny. The owner, Clint Mangus, was an absolute nut job who was so frustrated by their punter that he signed his ranch hand, Buddy, to be the punter of the team. And the punter, the ranch hand is like, yeah, I don't know if I should do it. No, you're doing it. And he's hired, and he has to go on a road trip as the punter for the San Antonio Gunslingers. He can't punt for shit. They had a, they had a punt, pass, and kick contest, and they were, the winner was going to get signed to a contract. And the winner kicked a 40-yard field goal, but the winner was a woman named Julie. And they just decided at the last minute they could not put a woman on this roster of hoodlums and thugs. They had a guy, Billy, Billy, uh, Billy, John, uh, Billy Bob Morris. What was his name? Billy Bob Morris. They had a safety, and he, uh, he had a girlfriend in Kansas. And, but he was getting laid a ton in San Antonio as a member of the team. So he had a guy come in an electrician and install an answering machine in his wall for a second phone line so the women who were you know giving him pleasure could leave messages and his girlfriend from kansas wouldn't know when she was visiting one more that i love so they asked rick neuheiser was their quarterback from ucla and they asked him early on the administration asked him um what color uniform should we give the visiting teams who who said it New Heisel said this, yeah, or they no, asked New Heisel? No, the GM asked him oh. what kind of uniform we supply the visiting teams. When they <laughs> they, he didn't know that they had their own, that they would show no. up with their own. Wait, and one more of my favorite is this guy, Greg Fields. So he punched his coach to the LA Express, then threatened to kill him. Then the Express hired Liberace's bodyguard to protect him from Greg Fields. This gets all over the USFL. Everyone knows this guy is psychotic, but the gunslingers need pass rushers. So they actually signed Greg Fields. And after a while, the owner of the Gunslinger stops paying players. So one day, Greg Fields follows him home with a baseball bat in his trunk and gets out and says, with his bat, and says, I see where you live. I know you got money. You better pay me. And the owner, while <laughs> shitting his pants, actually walks into his house and comes back out with a paper bag filled with $17,000 in cash and says, are we good? Greg Fields says, yeah, we're good, and drives off. Oh. Those are the, the best team ever. That's oh, not even that, that pretty. That's going to be a movie. Wait, one more. I just want to say. They stopped paying everyone. So after the last game was a home game, their defensive backs coach was a guy named Bill Bradley. And the Gunslinger Stadium wasn't big enough to meet capacity uh, regulations for the USFL. So they always brought in 6,000 folding chairs and set them up. They spray painted them blue and set them up uh, beyond the end zone. Well, after the final game, 
Bill Bradley, the defensive backs coach, hadn't been paid for almost a whole year. He hired a bunch of large trucks, paid off the guy, the security guard to the stadium, backed them into the stadium, loaded these 6,000 chairs onto these trucks, drove them to El Paso, and sold them for six bucks a pop. <laughs> I'm getting paid in chairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's tremendous. Oh, that needs That's to be never. a movie. Uh, Ed Daly, anything else? Uh, and just anyone... Anyone who's listening to this podcast definitely would like this book yeah. and pretty much all of Jeff's books. I mean, he, he writes about what you actually want to hear about. He's not talking about third and 17 and totally. this strategy. You know, it's about the fun of the league. And when we, we knew we were talking to you, I started writing down, oh, I got to ask him about this page. And I realized every page, like you said, there's so many stories that there's it's it's really just full of crazy. How could this possibly happen? Why is you know why is Ricardo Montalban with the ban- Tampa Bay Bandits and Dom DeLuise and cocaine? It's it's just full of stories. Everyone should should get this book. It's totally awesome. totally agree. It's a it's a it's a great read. It's you don't want to put it down. I read like three quarters of it in a couple of days, and it's it's an easy read because I know a lot of our listeners aren't aren't super intelligent, so. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Not the intelligent part, but I yeah. appreciate the. Yes. It's, no, it's a great book. Oh, one, one more thing. How are you and John Rocker? For the for those in the audience that don't know, Jeff Perlman is the guy that wrote the the John or conducted the John Rocker interview for for Sports Illustrated way back in the nineties. How are you and John Rocker these days? Well, let me just say, first of all, um, tomorrow is his forty fourth birthday. Someone reminded me today he will be coming to my house for cake. He also, <laughs> he was the, um, I don't like bragging, but he officiated my daughter's bat mitzvah two years ago, which was lovely. And uh, he's, uh, he's the best. He's really like the brother I never had. If you're talking about a brother you never see who doesn't like black people, he is the <laughs> brother I never had. Or, or people uh, with different sexual proclivities on the uh, subway. Or really anybody. Or, yeah. any, or anybody at all. Uh, all right, Jeff, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on the show. We love the book, Football for a Buck. Um, hey, come back. Anytime you got to promote any th- anything, anytime you want to talk, you're always welcome on this show. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks, nice, Jeff. Take care. All right, bye, guys. Culture and whatever. Plus, you know there's Kate with a C, but she's known as Fancy Pop to you and me. Talking loud, comments, conundrums, my brothers. Review in some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man. No one is above us. Five star. Uh, fantastic interview with the great Jeff Perlman. I want to thank him again for joining the show. But now, joining us is our very own, everyone's favorite part of the show, the pop culture segment. Okay. I have to get our music going. Pop culture correspondent. Of course, I'm talking about Fancy Sauce. How are you, Fancy? Hi, what a nice introduction. Hey, Kate. Hey, Ed. How's so, it going? So nice to have you. Yeah, it's um, always nice to be nice here. Nice of you to be here. This is my safe space. Yeah, it is. You're always, you missed a lot of TikTok. Remember, what, you know that book that I've been reading? and I was. Oh, I didn't miss it. And I was reading, and I told you about that. I read <laughs> you that part where the, that football player was in the locker room, and he was, he was uh, rubbing I, Oh, yes. Nivea mm. on his head, the biggest cock mm. in the league or in the world, yeah. I think it says in the book. <laughs> and he was, he would massage Nivea lotion onto his dick as the, uh, as the female reporters would come into the locker room. And, and you said, that's sexual harassment. And I said, 
Not in 1983. <coughs> no. It was a different time. For sure. It was, it was a different time. 1983, that was, that was right in Bill Cosby's power alley of yeah. not respecting sexual assault. Yes, so good. Uh, okay, quick email. This is a serious one, and it's, a, it's from an anonymous listener who needs our advice. As I approach a midlife crisis, I'm doing what every rational being would do. I am reaching out to two people I have never met before that routinely chat about dongs on a podcast. Well, there's three of us here. Since I am too cheap for a shrink, I'm asking you guys to weigh in on an ongoing situation. I have been married for over 10 years, but have been with my wife for nearly two decades. Too long. She's awesome. Period. What's not awesome is the numerous weekends, every holiday, and every vacation we spend with my in-laws. Whoa, no. It's, it gets worse. It's nothing against them, but I literally have zero time to myself. This may seem like a problem many have in their marriage. However, the difference here is I also work with them and being and, and being groomed to take over the business. You do the math and it equates to a minimum of 50 hours a week with them if you just count Monday through Friday. Also add in several business trips in which I share a hotel room with my father-in-law and things are well. They're overwhelming. Sometimes our internal meetings feel like they digress into marriage meditation. I'm also being asked to pursue a certification in my downtime that requires hours of studying all while trying to raise four boys. I am at a crossroads. My job provides my family with an opportunity to live in a great area, but I feel trapped. If I leave, I cause a huge family rift and probably don't find as lucrative of a career elsewhere. If I stay you guys should buy stock in Jack Daniels. Sorry for the serious email, but maybe you guys can find some humor in this situation. Maybe be interested in what two, it's actually three people looking from the outside in. Think about it. That is from an anonymous listener. Wow. That sounds like the plot to a TV show or movie I yeah. just saw recently. Oh, really? Yeah, it's I can't think of what situation. it is. That is a heavy situation. <laughs> I'm going to weigh in, seeing as I'm the one that um, this email was not specifically directed no, he to. Wants your, he wants your advice. Um, what's this gentleman's name? Uh, anonymous. Oh, so anonymous. Here's the deal. There's no amount of money or, well, there probably is, um, but a cushy career situation is not going to make up for the misery that you're going to end up feeling. This is going to build and build and build and build. And you're never going to know what it's like to feel like not burdened by this situation that's making you sounds like miserable. Am I right? Um, well, that's good. One thing that maybe, maybe I didn't uh, pay attention to this part did he talk about the relationship with with his wife? Like so it's very good. He said she's awesome. Well, because I it, that part. it seems like that's that's something that if you're having if you feel like you have a good relationship with your wife, that's something you got to talk about. That yeah. 
Man. You guys need to work that out together. She needs to understand how you feel. So, like, if you just spring it on everybody, including your wife, yeah, I'm quitting. I'm leaving, go, going to do something else. But if you talk about the fact, I mean, he's talking about vacationing. If you work with someone and vacation with them, that's frightening. It's yeah, a little would, concerning that, that the wife has not flagged mm-hmm. that this is that she's like did, well, she doesn't want any time away from her family. Yeah, well, but maybe just with her that's husband, just her normal because she's, that's that's what she's always done. She's but, probably not working with them. She's probably just it's just mom and dad on right. the weekend and let's go on vacation. So here's what I see, anonymous listener: you have not a problem. You have two problems. You have one where you have not established boundaries with your in-laws and your family situation where you need to be able to have a discussion with your wife and go, look, I love your family. They're great. They've been great to us. I really enjoy them, but I'm at work with dad all week long Mm -hmm. and when we do stuff on the weekends, that's gets to be a little bit much and it would be too much for anyone to be with one, the same people that much. But you're yeah. the, the second issue here is you sound like you're not creatively fulfilled. You're not fulfilled. You're not doing what you want to be doing. And so that's something you need to, that's uh, that's purely a discussion you have to have with yourself is this mm-hmm. what I want to do for the rest of my life? Yeah, for sure. Not a lot of people are groomed to take over successful businesses. That's a great opportunity, but it's a pros and cons situation. Are you going to be happy doing that? Are you going to be able to, to take this company and really feel fulfilled doing this kind of work for the rest of your life? Because that's a separate issue from the family. If that, if, if the answer to that is yes, then you definitely need to have a discussion with the wife and just go, look, we need to separate, you know, family time or not do it, or at least let me go do my own thing. Yeah. Like cut back, maybe not always do the vacations, maybe not always do the holidays. Um, Maybe your family lives somewhere else. So you can't split up the holidays, but it's tough. It's tough for anybody. I I would think they, they, the holidays are going to be the toughest one to just right. cut off. But Those the, ones you the, got to the do. random weekends. No, you know you're working with them. Like it's yeah. it's enough. But if the marriage is is okay, that's got to be something you talk about. Yep. And then as far as uh, the the work thing, yeah, it, nobody needs to it, it, look. If if you need this to pay the bills, obviously that's the most important thing because you got kids, but. The the thought of of just gutting it out for life is is no good. People sticking it out for the sake of the kids, you know, you're that. Or I'm just going to gut out this job because this is where I'm at. Like, you know what? You can you you might have some discomfort, but you don't gut out life. You know, yeah. try try to make the best of what you chase can. your passion. This don't sounds like the beginning of a a discussion that you need to start with your wife. Yeah, and that's it's the first, you know, that's the first, first step. step. Have yeah, t- number one, discuss with your wife before yeah. us. But Re- to take this email, player this podcast, maybe skip over the dong discussions. Right, and no, take that email and use it 
what use what you sent to us as a basis for the for starting a discussion with your wife. She loves you. She'll understand. And then go from there. Keep us posted though. That, that was a fantastic email and I and I'm touched that you would want that help from me and also at Daily and Kate McMahon. But but feeling trapped is is not one no. you want to embrace. No. no. That's yeah. only gonna intensify increasingly. Totally. And let's let's get to the more important thing. Feeling trapped. You got four fucking kids. What are you, a frontiersman? I know. Four That's kids. Too many kids. You got too many fucking That's kids. Twice yeah. That's as your many own fault. kids as I can imagine. Yeah, it's I get it. Hey, we get it. Anonymous. Maybe maybe you're having lots of sex. Right. You like to fuck, but you don't need a trophy for every time you have sex. All right. Like just shoot one in the dirt every once in a while, you know, waste one. You don't, yeah. have, you don't have to put a shot on goal every single time. Four think times about, is a lot of time. Think about garbage when you're married. Yeah, do something too, else. Yeah, it's too many. <laughs> Calm down. Another email. Hey, fellas and Kate. Just now I watched a commercial for underwear guaranteed not to give you a wedgie. Old promise. All in all, just basically, it's just basically comfort, comfortable and form fitting. I have to edit because it doesn't make sense. I paused my TV when a dude wearing his underwear showed his front because I saw a pretty big shaft outlined, especially <laughs> for a commercial. I just now double checked. And yeah, yeah, you double checked. And yeah, I was right. Am I okay? I don't have any reason to question my sexuality, right? Thanks all. That's from David in Salt Lake. No, you don't. We've all done this. Yeah. Maybe guys, not to an underwear commercial, but sure. Yeah, the guy's dicked up. Like, it's just, it's it's human nature to just look. This is a guy in his underwear. What's he packing? And oh, the other thing is, with, with underwear scenes and underwear, I don't know about commercials, this but stuff. scenes stuff. and movies... It, not just stuff, they are going to wear two pairs or they're going yeah. to um, put some gauze down there so there's yeah. no, you know, semis, right. you're not ca- catching anything. So there's always going to be more than what, when you look at yourself in the underwear. Yeah, they don't, they don't want to see a ridge. There's something else in there. Yeah. You're not going to see any any uh, outlines like, uh, like Eric Blunt. Yeah, it's a product. So they want to make the product look as good as possible. And that's, underwe- called, that's under- called styling. Yeah. Underwear product looks better styling. with a big dick in it. Right. You don't yeah. want, you don't want to see underwear with a small dick. Then the, uh, then the underwear won't look as good. Just like the milk and cereal commercials is actually glue. Yeah. Because it's Elmer's uh, glue. It's right. brighter white. Some right. outfits look better with cleavage. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> Any kind of outfit <laughs> looks better with cleavage. And like, a fat ass, like a fat ass, looks pretty good. And you're selling yoga pants. Just want, just want everybody to congratulate me. I just clicked on uh, "Remind Me Tomorrow" to update my computer for the thousandth day in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you, Ed. Uh, I, I have that. I think I'm like a couple. Um, I think I'm like a couple operating systems behind. Oh, I, I definitely am. Remind that should me be. Tomorrow. That in should an be an, overnight yes. or tomorrow. That tomorrow. should be an onion headline. Man clicks yes. update tomorrow yes. for the 900th yes. time. For record, 10,000th <laughs> time in a row. I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I'm waiting for confetti to drop from the ceiling. I'm all, 
I, just when you said that, I looked down and I had the, I've had a little two on the app thing. Oh my God, you guys drive me crazy. I cannot have that. I have to do it as soon as it comes out. Any kind of software update, I have to do immediately. I've had it for two years. Immediately. Apparently there's something called Mojave now. I don't have that. Mac OS Mojave. Stop. I think I have some sort of animal. Is there a lion or something? Yeah, that's what I I think that's what I have. Snow leopard or something. Snow leopard? Featured. Wait, updates. I'm going to tell you right now what I have. Except that my computer's so slow. Okay, what's going on in the world of pop culture? Also, what's happening? Oh, software update. El Capitan I have. Oh, that sounds exotic. Is that good? Is that a good one? I have El Capitan. Sounds like he's drinking rum. It it needs to be updated. It needs to be High Sierra. Oh, it does? That sounds like uh, a kid's drink. High Sierra. Yeah, high Sierra. Hey, you got any High Sierra in the fridge? No, nah, I'm, I'm high on Sierra. Um, what day? Go- I've lost my water bottle again at work. Oh no! So, <laughs> so Kate, Kate is she swears <laughs> that she left her water bottle in the fridge at work, and then it was it was stolen away disappeared. by some other coworker. And I'm like, that seems kind of weird. So she put a... I mean, does it? Someone stole my cold brew once. Well, so, it is October. Do you think the ghost got it? Yeah, it could. No, yes, this, is, this is at her office. Does it follow he, her to work? He, he might. So she put up a sign and then somebody's like, oh yeah, you left it in that meeting room over there. So she's going to have to put up another sign... Yes, I've already discussed this with another coworker to today about fu- how I'm going to have hey, to put another yes. sign on the fridge. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, if anybody's seen it, it's a blue insulated aluminum water bottle. Uh, Kate, what is going on in the world of pop culture? Let's talk about relationships, Hollywood relationships. I, so yes. we had previously, um, I'd previously talked about Ariana Grande, Grande. Starbucks Grande and Pete Davidson. And did we like, is, did we put money on how long this was going to last? Cause it's over. Well, I thought he was going to expire because he doesn't look well. He does not look well. What is, what is somebody that has lupus look like? <laughs> it's I don't not know. kind. I just, I, he I looks like he has, disturbed. what's that like old timey yeah. thing you got on a boat? Cause you didn't get any, Scurvy. yeah, that's Scurvy. what he looks Scurvy. like. He has. What or he looks is, a little like a name. Yes. What, I, what, what disturbed I gotta you say had? though, I was, I was disturbed by the glee everyone took. People were really happy about this news and breaking oh, when they broke and up? being that's snarky weird. about it. I don't, yeah. I don't know why, why would I, I, then again, people were really into the decision, the announcement in the first place. Like I just, I don't know. I, why, I mean, why would people be happy that they broke up? Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't care. I didn't, it didn't benefit me. But I just don't know why you'd care. I'm always happy when a guy's getting laid. Like I don't, I don't begrudge you. Right, but when he broke him. up, well, yeah. like why, why are people so happy about like, it? Like Alex Rodriguez, he's he's been slaying J Lo for a while, and I'm not going to be one way. Eventually, they're going to break up, and I'm not going to be one way or the other about it. I'm just happy that he's getting in there. While he can, good for him. The, so we, the last time I cared was I, I was I was disturbed when Lyle Lovett was with Julia Roberts when she was on on the scene. I think yeah. that was the last time I cared about a breakup. But I'll tell you what, that Lyle Lovett, Alan. he he sings like a fucking angel. 
I mean, he's really. He's talent, but, yes. but that, was, uh, he's odd that looking. was quite the barbell in looks at the time. He's odd looking, but what a, what a voice. Uh, Kate, continue. So Davidson had gotten some tattoos to commemorate. They both have tattoos for each other. Yeah, so. This is bad luck. This she's, is where you don't never She's do this. returning the um, $93,000 engagement ring. And they had they bought a pig together. They had a pet pig called Piggy Smalls. He has a a tattoo. Oh, that's a stupid name. Um, he has Piggy Smalls tattooed on his I thought, torso. I thought he was a comedian. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm presuming that well, it, it's presumed that she will stay in the sixty million dollar apartment that she purchased yeah. for them to live in together. Yeah. I mean SNL. Or do you think she'll move out and let the him stay? The thing about stay? SNL is it, it, it pays okay. <laughs> But it makes it hard to go on the road as a as a comic where you can yeah, make real money. Totally. So I mean, he's he's doing he can afford to live in New York, but yeah. not in a sixteen million dollar apartment. Um. So apparently, he's already had his dangerous woman inspired tattoo covered up. You know, you know, Pete, I I could help you with oh. the t- fixing old tattoos. You know, I had this Winona Forever uh, tattoo, and yes, I got Johnny it changed Hill. to. Wino forever. Yeah, that's pretty and, uh, good. <laughs> quite you, proud of it. Well, you are you are quite a wino, so it's actually yeah. It's a, it, actually you've been a wino much longer than you were with Winona. So I it think is more that apropos. you were so drunk when you got that tattoo that you meant it to say wino forever. Yeah, but you I, misspelled wino and spelled Winona oh, Winona instead. I actually, got a new tattoo that just says scarves and bracelets forever. And uh, <laughs> for us. and I've had I've had fourteen scarves <laughs> permanently tattooed around my neck. That's a good idea. And thirty seven hundred bangle bracelets. Bangle bracelets. Um, I have a oh. question, Johnny. Yeah. Are you and Lenny Kravitz going to have a giant scarf off this winter? Oh, wow. Well, he uh, he can pull it off with his bamboo vest uh, and giant what? penis. That explodes from his pants. That's true. Good point. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for that. Johnny Depp joining us. Thanks for dropping in. Uh, well, I'm, so- I'm sorry. For- are we done with that? They're yeah, broken I, up. Yeah, I'm the, sorry. I, I guess that um, Mac Miller's death was the last straw. <laughs> Pete couldn't really handle how upset she was, and he wasn't really comforting. <laughs> I will say this. She's not really my thing. She's a bit young. For, I'm not really she's attracted young. She's to She's be- beautiful, though. Yeah, she's very pretty. And um, she's much too pretty. For the um, gentleman I've seen her with, mm-hmm. she could do better. Mm. She could do do more handsome. Ariana Brian thinks she could do better. Yeah, FYI. Um, let's move on to our train wreck section of the show. Um, Tara Reed. Oh, Tara Reed. What's she up to? She's writing <laughs> books. Um, according to Page Six, she was removed from a Delta Airlines flight from LA to New York um, on Monday for causing a disturbance on board. Um. I guess, I don't know, she was, like, yelling about receiving the wrong seat and not getting a pillow and just um, being a complete hot mess on the plane. How, now, the seats are assigned. Unless you're on Southwest, and then you're, it's just a free-for-all. You have to really be going Southwest off on a plane to be removed, yeah. right? Yeah. You, but it's like, you can't get the wrong seat. You have an assigned seat, so you've got to sit in the seat. So you can't say... The airline gave me the wrong seat. You buy a ticket and you know what seat you're going to sit in. Yeah. I don't know. If you're on pills, anything's possible. Somebody, a famous comedian that I follow, made a 
made a post about having to sit in C group on Southwest. And I made the comment that what I do, if I get an inappropriate or an, uh, uh, an unacceptable boarding group that when I'm flying Southwest, I just walk up when they're doing the pre-board and I just give them my boarding pass for whatever group I'm in and they just fucking scan it and let you go right on the plane. It's never been an issue for me. I've done it several times. And for those of you that don't know, Brian, this is like very out of character for him. I'm usually drunk, but usually I'm a group. Usually I'm on it. I got the app. So usually I'm a group and I get right, I'm right up there in the front. So I don't have to do it, but I've, I've forgotten. This would be more my move and you would be like, what are you doing? Don't do that. But if a couple times I've been C group and I'm like, I can't do C group. I got to I got to get what on. What a and diva. So I just get right on. So I commented that on the Instagram post. I'm like, just walk up. They don't even care. And so many people were so outraged. mad at me. So like, outraged. You're 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 why I think everyone's an asshole. There's rules to this. You probably put your recline <laughs> yes. your seat on the plane. And I'm like I'm like I don't I didn't realize People would get so mad. It's just not that big a deal. Like you just go up and give them your thing. No yeah. one, even, no one even knows that I'm cheating when Don't I do it. Don't be so pissed that I you're not cheating. A, yeah, I walk with a limp. Okay, continue. <laughs> with a limp. Um, yes. in divorce news, Anna Faris and Chris Pratt's marriage mm. is almost. Why? Yeah, it's, it's almost. Finalized. It's almost close to being finalized. Yeah. They're going to split custody of their six-year-old son, Jack. Any word on? Him and his rock and roll pastor. No, but it seems like he and his new girlfriend, Catherine Schwarzenegger, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maria Shriver's daughter, might be close to. Is this uh, the one he had with Mildred Dana? No, 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 no. That's his. That's. I think that one's called Joe, and it looks just like him. I didn't realize this was Anna's second divorce. This is see that this is why you don't get a hot maid. But see, Arnie didn't get a hot maid. But he's, <laughs> yeah, he still went for it. Anyway. He's like, I'm Austrian and I need to fuck. I need to fuck right now. So oh, where? Oh, he just opens the bedroom door. Mildred, Mildred, come here now. I need to fuck. Yeah, well, good for them. Um, and Anna Ferris, it's a little annoying. She's a very funny actress, and I think I'm sexually attracted to her. Oh, think? I definitely am. She's she's a uh, she's a good talk show guest. She yeah, seems, she's funny. She seems fun. She's got bangs. Yeah, yeah I think I I've, saw that Overboard remake on a plane. Oh, was it bad? Oof. Yeah, wow. yeah. Bad. I don't. Bad. I don't dislike her, but I cannot listen to her podcast. Yeah, it's not good. Oof. It's not good. Not she's good. like Toe for Grace. Oh, I love you. You're the you best. Thank amazing. you for coming on my podcast. You're, You're the so funniest. Amazing. No, oh my god, you're so funny. Yeah, but she talks like that. She's funny in movies. Okay, all right, moving on Mm -hmm. to more important matters. Uh, Takashi 69. Oh, Oh. I care about what's Um, going on. Well, he may. Yeah, he yeah, may not be wanted at, at one of his favorite New York haunts. What? Some Chelsea hotspot. Um, so they let him in, apparently. Yeah. He's apparently facing up to three years in jail after he violated the terms of a plea deal yeah, he made. He's going in. Do you remember what it was for? He's going to Rikers. Yeah, he did a plea because he, he was like videoed an underage girl. 13-year-old forming, uh-oh. Yeah. forming some it's oral sex It's weird that I haven't friends. run into him in New York. 
Because we seem that like we were weird. in the same circle. Ed? Yeah, that is weird, Ed. Yeah. It seems like some someone that you would yeah. hang with. You and or just like have stuff in common. You with. and him and Dink, not the underage girl Dinklage stuff. Dinklage and um, Steve Croft should all hang out sometime. <laughs> um. So what? So what? He's not allowed in that so, restaurant anymore. I don't know. Like the owner of the club, um, Richie Romero, posted a picture on his Instagram um, asking the fans should should we ban him or oh, should we so let fucked. him chill? That's so fucked. Forty percent yeah. voted to ban him. Fifty three percent voted to yeah. let him chill. Because yeah, Takashi's money's green. That's right. What, you got. You're too good to have somebody come in and eat your food. Bits of Richie. his ha- bits of his hair are green too. Yeah, he's got multicolored his mo- hair. His teeth are green. He got rainbow teeth. Yeah. He's really so gross. Every every fifth tooth or so is green. Um. Oh, yeah. I miss it a- when the Takashi stole Christmas. He's going to be in the remake yeah. of The Grinch. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> let's 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 see if we can pitch that. Um, yeah. Going back to divorces, I missed a divorce story. Oh. Slash's divorce from his longtime wife, oh, Perla. we've talked about that. Was, it was not, it was a very nasty divorce wow. as far as uh, Hollywood divorces Luck- go. Luckily, he initiated that divorce before Who? the Guns of Slash, before, oh, the, uh, before the Guns and Roses reunion. Reunion, tour. yes. Um, so she threw a divorce party the other night, and um, even their son, London, was there. So um, she, she I, well, it's weird because she asked everyone to dress. Yeah. It was like a fancy dress, dress is your favorite divorcee. So she, Perla, dressed as Zsa Zsa Gabor, and their son, London, London, dressed up as Tommy Lee. Yeah. It's weird, dress is your favorite divorcee. Well, everyone famous is divorced, so you could just be anybody famous. Yeah. I would dress as Mildred Dana. I got to yeah. think her marriage didn't work out. Probably not. Um, apparently their son has like... Um, London, London Hudson. Yeah, he's he's playing a show at the Palladium, and Slash intends to go, and so does the so does the mom. I think so. he's, I think London Hudson is opening for Slash's band. Oh, okay. And Slash is like, I don't want you there, and she's like, I'm coming. Yeah, that's what's happening. That's sometimes what these ex wives do, they just want to be places. Uh, <laughs> What else, Kate? Um, and last but not least, I'd like to say R.I.P. Microsoft, Microsoft co-founder oh. Paul Allen, yes, who um, succumbed to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma on Monday afternoon in his hometown of Seattle, where he yes. met Bill Gates as a teen in high school, and they later um, they, formed Microsoft. Yeah, there were a couple of nerds they yeah. co-created that Microsoft. Yeah. I won't make I gotta any- say I was I was surprised by his age. I, I guess I should have known that he was around the same age as Bill Gates. I thought he was a much older yeah. partner. Yeah. Of Bill he, Gates. I will I won't make any jokes about him uh, being buried in a blue screen actor's <laughs> casket. Did he does he still own the Seahawks? Yeah, and, and the, the Trailblazers. Yeah. So what happens like he probably has he, heirs. Hmm. Um, I wonder if the fate of those teams depends on like who takes over. I think ownership. I think he sometimes it does. Um, I think he um, sexed some Hollywood actresses. In his so day. I actually went to a party yes. at his house. I, thought, I think I remember <laughs> this. Oh, <laughs> it was around award season, Oscar season, yeah. um, years ago. I scored an invite to his house. Yeah. And um, 
he, I just remember you walked in past this huge garage that had just like probably like 15 highly collectible cars in yeah. it. And you Pretty walked sick. into an elevator. So sick. That took this you, is in the Hollywood Hills? Yeah, that took you down the face of the hill. Shut up. To like this kind of bottom like um, section that wasn't the main house, it but it was where he entertained. Was his band playing? His band did play. Yeah. And I do remember seeing Charlize there on there and yeah. being slightly starstruck. Star-struck. Yeah. She's very tall. And there were a lot of celebrities at that party, but he did get um, on the drums and or the guitar. guitar. I can't I remember. And guitar, yeah. I don't remember, but he did jam. He, and he has a whole music studio down there. Yeah, he was known for, he'd be like, hey, I'm going to have a party on my yacht in Sardinia and yeah, Paul o- McCartney's o- going to be Octopussy. there. Octopussy. Yeah. I think it was just called Octopus. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had, he had meant, he had several yachts, but he, um, he would like have his favorite musicians come and he would jam with them because he's rich. Um, that's sad. He's rich AF. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's called octopus. I don't know where I got that from. Um, it was at one point it was the largest mega yacht in the world. I saw it in Catalina one time and it had 414 foot. Yeah. Yeah. It had a huge helicopter on it. Yeah. And I think it had, uh, it has other smaller yachts. If you, it's like a Russian yeah, nesting doll of yachts. Put it this way, it had a crew of 57 people. Yeah, that's a big ass yacht. Yeah. Anyway. Well, RIP, that's sad. I didn't that know is, it saying. is sad. I didn't yeah, know it it came out of the blue. Yeah. So. Uh, anything else? No, that's, a, that's it for the daily? news tonight. Anything to add? This week. No. No, we've got... I'm just trying to process all these divorces you've, you've hammered us with. Are you going to have yeah. a, a bit of a down night yeah. after that? It's kind of a bummer. All the bad hey, news? Yeah, I'm going to... I'm just going to look at some pictures of Mildred Bain on <laughs> ease myself into the evening. Look at her. Look at that Joe Baina, Baina, or Joe Schwarzenegger. Cause he looks exactly like Arnold and he's really yoked. I love like the stories where Tom Arnold would like bust his balls. Be like, yeah, it looks just like you buddy. And then as he got older, he really, really looked like him. Yeah. And it's, yes. <laughs> he's like, I stopped breaking his balls, but I realized it could be a real possibility. Yeah. Than it was because it was like a two year old that would come around. He's like, Hey, that's like little Arnie. That's so funny. Yeah. Because she was his cleaning lady. So the kid would be around. Unbelievable. I think the kid will like know how to clean. No, I don't think so. That's trained in the family business. He knows how to lift weights though. Arnie. Oh, like a little face, little mini weightlifter. Junior Olympia. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I would like to thank Jeff Perlman for joining us. Hopefully, he listens, guest. hopefully he listens to this <laughs> and he's not saying to himself, what the fuck was I thinking going on that right. show? But I thought the listeners would actually, Ed, it was Ed's idea. Ed had the idea that the listeners would like to hear from him. And I thought he was a fantastic guest. So thank you, Jeff Perlman. Thank you, Ed Daly. Thank you, Kate McManus. Thank you, me. My name is Brian Beckner. For all those people, this has been episode 239 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS.